as we kick off episode seven of the Jack and Soph podcast. I'm super excited, not only because we are officially motoring through these episodes, but also because my Chicago Bears are in first place in their division. And I just want to start there, Soph, and you're going to have to deal with it because I'm super excited and I have to enjoy this while it lasts. So... Uh, this is a there. tough topic for me to get on to because, as you know, I do not play fantasy football. I know this isn't even fantasy. You just love the Chicago Bears. So I also Bears. don't want to be, <laughs> be, like, unhappy for you. So, yay, congrats. But, like, I can't even argue anything or wish ill will. Uh, wait, why do you like the Bears in the first place anyway? I should know this. Okay, so you know what? I get asked this freaking question all the time as I do a Sophia impression when I say that. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't get into football until like late high school. And even then, it was more of just all my guy friends were watching football on Sundays and getting pro lines and gambling on it. So I kind of got exposed to it that way because my dad wasn't really the biggest football fan. And so then I just really liked the activity of getting together with all my friends, watching all these games, getting pro lines and sort of trying to win money. Then I randomly got invited to a Bears Vikings game, which I will never forget because it was December 28th, years and years and years ago. It was the coldest I have ever been in my entire life. It was at Mm -hmm. Soldier Field in Chicago. The Bears were losing the entire game, came back late in the fourth quarter, tied it up, went to overtime. Bears won in overtime. I was freezing. I drank more whiskey than I've ever drank in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I was just a fan from there on out. I was like, I love this team. And from that point forward, over the last 10 years, they have sucked incredibly bad. And this year, they're actually relevant nine weeks into the season. And for that, I am grateful. Well, congrats to you and your Bears. And I think you should pin this. We're going to clip this. Put it as a pin tweet so that you never have to answer that question again. Because if you're getting it all the time. I get it all the time. People are like, and it's like people like give me at people give me tood when they ask this question. Like, oh, how'd you end up a Bears fan? And I'm just waiting for them to be like, it's because the logo, right? Because like, like their jerseys. Girls just like the Bears. It's like I've heard everything when it comes to this. No, I had a moment. Okay, the team and I connected on an underdog level, and ever since then, I have been a huge Bears fan. So. That's a good story. And also, re our video from way back. Girls who like sports for dummies. Yeah, if you Not haven't seen of the it yet, jersey. if you haven't seen it yet, go watch that because it's probably like the best thing we've ever put out on earth. Yeah, agreed. And it's for still us. relevant to this day for Always us. Always applies. Always applies. But we got a big show. I had to get the Bears thing off my chest because we have a lot of other things to talk about as well. We're a month into the NHL season, so we're going to talk about our biggest surprises. We're going to talk about gambling in the NHL and that new partnership. But we are starting with celebrations, which for some reason we talk about a lot on this show. Yeah. But yeah. Um, oh, also, I can't forget this. What is wrong with me? Taylor Hall is going to be joining us in a little bit as well. Last year's MVP of the National Hockey League. Not a big deal. He has agreed to do the Jack and Soph podcast. So we'll hear from him in a little bit and ask him some serious questions and some fun questions but so why don't you start us off with headlines okay yeah so um also with taylor hall we are introducing a new segment but i'm gonna save it it's gonna be funny i think i hope i like it can i Um, tease it yeah tease it go ahead life coach with taylor hall life coach with blank but he's our he's our he's our first one 
Yeah, he's our first one. Um, yeah, well, you said celebrations just a little earlier, and I want to flip the football script a little bit to the CFL. <laughs> I know that you probably don't pay attention that much in, in the United States. You've got the NFL. Um, but the CFL regular season wrapped up this weekend. The Argos, they won last season the Grey Cup they are out of it they didn't make the playoffs worst record actually the funny thing about the CFL we talk about NHL parody whether or not you're a fan if you bought into the storylines I know especially out west CFL fans are die hard but one thing I will say I love about this league a lot of parody as well you never know how it's going to go but anyway uh regular season wrapped up and there is a player John Gott from the Ottawa Red Blacks who celebrated by running to the stands and basically taking a beer from an anonymous person that actually ended up being his girlfriend, just taking it out of her hand and then chugging it on the field, full beard, foam in his beard, and then tossing it. And it was a pretty epic celebration. ESPN posted it and it got over two and a half million views. And so I guess we just want to talk about celebrations, but I kind of like as soon as I saw it, it reminded me of a celebration that uh, Ali Alberts did. If you don't know, look it up. It also got a lot of views in the Lingerie Football League, which is now, Sarah, what is it called? The Legends Football League. They've taken that away, but I still Sarah, think they were. Sarah, coming in clutch. Yeah, Sarah's, by the way, our, you can't see her, but like she's on the side here. And I don't know how many times I text her during a show and I'm like, help me with this. Um, anyway, the Legends Football League. And they still wear lingerie. And she did the same thing uh, on the field, chugged beer. That got a ton of views. So actually, Jackie, I don't know where we want to take it. Do we want to talk epic celebrations or lingerie football league, which drives me nuts? Why don't you tell me what we're doing? Okay, let's start. You're so all I'm over all the place. over the place. All yeah. over the place on all Sunday, place. but it's okay. I Let's start with the CFL chugging the beer. Girlfriend had the beer ready. I think it's incredible. I think yeah. it's amazing. I don't know how everyone feels about it because you know you're there to do a job and then you're chugging a beer on the sidelines but props to the girlfriend I don't think the girlfriend has gotten enough credit here for having a beer ready for her man when he wanted one I just think yes. that's like, <laughs> props to you like you know when your man needs a beer and you have it there waiting for him I mean that's a good girlfriend right there capital Thumbs up. I don't know what I just said. That capital doesn't thumbs mean up. No, capital thumbs up. Just you can't capitalize. You know what? Them. I was going to say capital G girlfriend. For girlfriend. But I meant like capital G like good girlfriend. Anyways, it's I'm a mess clearly. But the point is she deserves I gotta find as her much name. kudos, if not yeah. more kudos yes. than kudos. the player. Because think about it. If the girlfriend is not there, beer in hand, ready to go, we might have been robbed of that moment. Yes, and it went viral, and it yeah. got a lot of views, even in the United States. And she was like, she was ready. I guess they had probably planned it, because she stood there. She had two beers, one for her. He just went up to her, grabbed it, and she just, like, looked on with this, like, satisfied look on her face. I loved <laughs> I loved the celebration. I thought it was pretty epic. Um, okay, so that's that one thing. Do we want to talk about Lingerie Football League a little well, bit? Well, you I want to talk about it, I thought. I mean, it's just, it's such a... I hate to even say that it's a catch-22, so I'm going to – I was just about to say that. I'm going to take that back. It's just annoying. I understand, unfortunately, that the reason 
this may have started women playing football, but it's in lingerie or they're half naked is what to get eyeballs on it. And maybe there wouldn't be interest otherwise, but how sad is that? And if you've ever watched, they're really freaking talented. And Allie Alberts, who chugs that beer, like you've got to look that up if you haven't seen it. She's a babe, um, good at what she does at her job, chugs this beer, throws it back into the crowd. That celebration was pretty epic. Uh, You know what? I'm not going to actually go off on my rant. I just don't like it. I don't like it. They changed the name to Legends. Great but you're still half naked boo that's all I gotta say about it I I I see what you're saying I think there's probably a lot of people out there that feel the same way as you what you made me think of though in your semi one foot in one foot out rant um is my Halloween costume so I dressed up as pretty woman because I had just seen the play on Broadway with my parents and it's an iconic film and I got some comments that really made me mad people were like kind of criticizing me for like dressing up as a character who had an interesting occupation Mm -hmm. and 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 basically calling me that because Mm -hmm. I was dressed up as her and it's like I don't understand why on Halloween people think they have the right to criticize what other people dress up as as long as they're not hurting or insulting anybody. Just Mm -hmm. let me enjoy my Halloween. You're not dressed up as pretty woman. I am. So what do you care? What do you care? And by the way, by the way, while we are here, just because a girl might have a crop top on does not mean that she doesn't deserve respect. Thank you very friggin' much. And it's a End co- of discussion. Yeah, it's I can not- wear whatever I want. You don't get to decide. Now, and that's actually a very good point, Jackie, but that is the point about the LFL that I didn't like is that unfortunately in order to play in it, that is how you have to dress, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. It's different like in hockey, you've got to wear certain equipment and for protection. This is actually for the opposite reason. If you want to dress how you want to dress for Halloween, good for you. Exactly. Do it. And if you want to play a sport, to play a sport, but don't want to dress a certain way, that part is BS. Then but you shouldn't F. have to. But yeah, my whole thing is just the whole judging a woman based on how she looks, whether she looks good or she looks bad or she looks a way that, you know, I'm just, I'm just over it. Let's just mm-hmm. stop judging people based on their appearance because you, you don't know. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know Anyways. what? We got off on a tangent, girl. I know. I'm sorry. I just no. you reminded me of that and I had to just... Get it off my chest. No, well, that is what this this is for. We're being raw and honest and good for you. But yeah. how are we going to find a transition now to hockey? <laughs> um, well, I'm just going to say, let's transition to hockey. Um, let's talk okay. about it. One month in. We are. We're one month into the season. And there are so many surprise things happening. And what I love about it is every year, the first week, the first two weeks, there's always some teams that you don't expect to come out the gate hot or some players that do really well, but they usually die down or they they sort of fizzle out. We're a full month into the season now. And if you look at the standings, the Islanders are in first place in their division. They've won five in a row. The Arizona Coyotes aren't in a playoff spot right now, but they've won five in a row. The Montreal Canadiens are doing amazing. The Capitals are out of a playoff spot. There's just a lot happening where I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. You know? I mean, I've been really surprised. Like here in, in my where I work, I focus a lot on Canadian teams. So I've been definitely surprised by the Montreal Canadiens. I really like seeing Max Domi uh, become a fan favorite and do so well. Him and You know Gallagher. what I love also? 
What? Seeing Ty Domi rocking Habs jerseys all the time. Like if you follow what? Ty Domi on Instagram, he'll post and he's got Montreal Canadiens gear, like t-shirts or jerseys. And he's obviously cheering on his son, which you yeah. can't really hate that. But it's yeah. very weird to see Ty Domi rocking the Habs logo. I don't no, hate totally. it, but it's very bizarre to me as someone who grew up a Leafs fan oh see that's why I said what because I thought you said you know what I love but maybe you didn't say that because I was like that is a weird I mean I do kind of love it because it's so weird I never would have imagined as a 14 year old girl that years and years and years down the line I would see Ty Domi rocking Habs gear and cheering for the Habs but here we are hey we talked um some former veteran like fan favorite Leafs we talked Darcy Tucker last week should we try this with Ty and say hey Ty if you're listening be a guest on our show hey Ty if you're listening (laughs) want to come on our show please come Um, on our show yeah no I love I love that storyline but I want to talk about the Flames for a second because I feel like the Flames they've made the playoffs in recent years and then on the cusp and then getting eliminated early so on and so forth they've been this kind of middle of the road team and we are really early on in and we don't know what's going to happen but they do look fantastic they're also first in their division now with their win over the weekend and the coolest I mean I don't know if it's cool I don't know if the the team or the coach likes that they're um, trailing heading into the third period often but they're coming back coming from behind winning and uh and just really showing up Johnny Goudreau and um Sean Monaghan top 10 points in Sean Money Monaghan yeah so far this season I like They've surprised me the most, I would say, only because they've they're just they weren't like they haven't gone from terrible to pretty good. They just they look really good and better than I think people expected. Yeah, I mean, they're coming off a year where I felt like they underachieved. I thought they should have been a playoff team last year and then they weren't. Mm -hmm. But I just we can officially call them the comeback kids because they just keep coming back in the third period. They were down 4-1 to the Avs and scored five goals in the third period the other night. Yeah. Like, how much fun is that? Is there anything better in sports than a late-game comeback by a team? I I would say no. No, you're right. I would say no. 28 uh, 28 goals so far. I don't know if this is going to change by the time someone's listening to it. But so far in the third period alone and like something like 13 and 11 in the first and second. So they're having a lot of fun. And you're right. There's nothing better because it means like shit. You can get it done. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. Another thing that I tweeted this actually last night, but I'll say it on this show as well. Thomas Grice, the goaltender for the New York Islanders, mm-hmm. has a 944 save percentage. That is something I never expected to be a thing this season. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's only, he's only started six games, but still, I mean, come on. The New York Islanders are in first place in the Metro after losing John Tavares and everyone being up in arms and upset. But you know what? You know who I give credit? Who? Barry freaking trots. Oh yeah. Barry freaking trots, man. He knows how to make teams play defense. He did the same thing in Washington. Remember before Barry trots was there, Washington was winning shootout games like six, five, whatever. And the Islanders have won some games that are high scoring too, but they are playing so much better defensively. So uh, much better. Such a dumb move by the Capitals to let him go. So dumb. I love Barry Trotz. Shout yeah. out Barry Trotz. Yeah, remember my Barry Trotz story on Instagram? Do you remember that? I think you commented on it, which is why I'm bringing it up now. I'll say it really quick. 
I was at okay. the All-Star game and um, a couple of years ago when he was one of the coaches, the celebrity coaches or whatever, and uh, I was actually behind the bench. It was a really cool job. Got to do social media behind the bench. And I was in like a like a heel, like a booty, and I was uncomfortable and I kept – he saw me. He was quiet, was really respectful and nice, but he wasn't like chatting much. And he saw me just like – I was – we're standing there forever and he motioned like this. He was like, come over here for a second. I was like, okay. And then he introduced himself and I was like, oh, hi, I'm Sophia. And he said, listen, this is, um, we're on our feet all day as coaches all day. And he's like, this is a trick that we do. And he's like, put one of your feet up on the bench for about 10 minutes. And he's like, when I switch, then switch to the other one. So let's start with the right. So there's a picture I have on Instagram, which I'll put up or I'll, I'll, whatever, we'll show it here. But of me standing there or of him standing there and he's got his foot up on one of them on the bench where the players are sitting. And then he would look at me and then he'd be like, switch. And we'd switch. And he said, trust me, it gets like, it just, it gives your other foot a rest. And it was true. And I just thought, and that's it. That's all he said. He shook my hand after it was really sweet, but I was like, what a cool dude saw me uncomfortable. And then gave me a little hockey tip and I thought that was really nice so I will forever love and remember Barry Trotz I do remember that story I do remember you posting that on Instagram and I love that story and I'm glad that you told it on here because I feel like there are so many things like that that happen in our business that we don't obviously talk about on TV because it's just not relevant. Yeah. And I'm glad that we can talk about that stuff on this podcast because that's the kind of stuff that gives you a bit of a window into who some of these guys are. And yeah. Barry Trotz is such an incredibly kind human being. I remember last year during the Stanley Cup final, which I was fortunate enough to cover, during more than one of his press conferences, yeah. getting teary-eyed because he speaks in such a way Jackie. that he... No, I'm serious. <laughs> He'd be talking about, you know, his relationship with Devontae Smith-Pelly, let's say, who had bounced mm -hmm. around the league quite a bit. And then obviously last year was a big story in the postseason for the Capitals. Mm -hmm. And he speaks in a way like he speaks to the core of you. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. would, I would not get like crying, but I would just be very touched a lot of the times when he would speak. So anyways. So he'd be, he'd be like, like secretly loser, motivating but... you without even knowing it. He's like speaking to you. He's, you're like, damn, yes. you're a good coach. He's talking about motivating Devontae Smith-Pelly. And here I am walking away feeling inspired. That's the best way that I can describe uh, Barry Trotz and his, his way with words, let's say. Yeah, no, but... he's dope. Yeah, Capitals, dumb, dumb move. How did we get on this topic? I don't know. Today's the the <laughs> like rant. Let's not oh, stay focused. Oh, we because we were talking about surprises, and and he's the head coach of the Islanders now. That's why. Um, I wanted to ask you, based on this question, have you ever gone into a project or into something in your life where you didn't think you were going to be good at it, and then you were awesome? Or the reverse, you thought you were going to be awesome, and then you were not very good, and you were surprised. Uh, yeah, both. Thumbs up to both. I'm going to start with one that you were part of. It's the couple of bets I've had that I can pitch and I can also throw strike or whatever, throw strikes. And um, what was my other one? I had a recent one where I sucked so bad. But yeah, sometimes I'm overconfident uh, confident in sports. Oh, kick a field goal. I was terrible. Uh, so that's that. But in life, I mean, in broadcasting, I covered the Olympics last year. And for people who are not in this business, it's... Um, you know, mostly in sports, especially in North America, we're covering the four or five, if you're counting the MLS, major league sports, baseball, basketball, hockey. So to know the storylines, it's fairly easy to keep up, especially if you've been doing it for years. But in the Olympics, it's these athletes that are amateur athletes or don't get a lot of press except for once every four years. 
And uh, you got to do, you got to know a lot. You have to know a lot about their story, their journey. So I was really intimidated covering the Olympics, Olympics because I only had a couple months to prep, which really isn't that much time when you've got to be the expert. So anyway, that was something that I was like, this is going to be really hard. And it was awesome. And I think I did really well. And I learned so much and I, I loved it. That was one of the best experiences of my career. So there's one for you that I like. Uh, mine kind of relates. I had a similar experience years ago. I think it was 2014. I covered the Pan Pacific Championships in Australia, which is cool to be sent to Australia, but I was covering swimming and I mean, I don't really know anything about swimming or I didn't at the time. And I remember mm -hmm. being terrified to go. I remember thinking I am in a way over my head. I yeah. don't know what I'm doing. I'm terrified at this point in my career. I hadn't had, you know, a ton of experience. This was me trying to prove that I was worthy of, you know, working on the highlight desk or doing some of those bigger things. So there was a lot riding on it for me. And I remember going over and just studying like crazy and seeing Michael Phelps was there and Ryan Lochte was there and Missy Franklin like all these really big name swimmers and just thinking I can't do this and when I got through it I don't think I was like incredible but I I did it I did a serviceable job and I remember mm -hmm. afterwards being like man if I can get through that then imagine when I get to cover sports I actually know like mm -hmm. hockey, like baseball. It's a good feeling. It eh? like gives you confidence, even though over the course of that 10 days, the event was 10 days, I was just some days on the verge of tears thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. I was so stressed. But in the end, it's those things that sort of build your build your confidence, right? Yo, I, I totally agree. No, I love that story. I remember you um, posting about it, so on and so forth. And it is, it is really, for anyone in this industry or on a team or in whatever job you're at. Like, I think so many people fake it till they make it and then they make it. Uh, and, and actually, sorry, I, I know yeah. we're running out on time, but I just want to add to your point. Anybody listening that wants to work in sports or even just media in general, I do think that saying yes to those assignments or those projects that maybe you are in over your head is so important because if I had said, no, I can't do this, I'm not going, I legitimately may never have ended up on the highlight desk at Sportsnet because my opportunity for that came as a result of yeah. doing well on that. So just don't say no to something just because you're scared or because you think that you don't know enough or you're not experienced enough. You got to take that stuff on because that's how you learn and how you sort of get better. And you never, ever, ever know who a you're working with on those projects or B who might see your work and then yeah. say, wow, she did a really good job on that swimming or she did a really good job on those Olympic hits, news hits. Um, we should use her for this. So yeah. I would say that to anybody, anybody listening, because what happened to me was during that swimming event, the person that I was working with that was producing and directing was very, very, very well connected with the two presidents of both sports and TSN at the time. And he ended up sending a tape of me without my knowledge 
to um, one of the news directors at Sportsnet and said, you need to give this girl an audition for the desk. She's, That's she's awesome. green. She's green. She's rough, but she's got something. So and you got it, I'll, right? And I'll, I'll, yeah, and I'll always be, always be grateful for that. So I'm rambling. I'm sorry. I know we uh, don't have a lot of time. I just had to get that out there. Yeah, so I was actually going to say, I was going to look over at Sarah and ask her if we should do uh, betting in the NHL, but I don't think so. I think we I don't are think we have time. close. No, so we are going to introduce... The Hart Trophy winner of last season plays for the New Jersey Devils, Taylor Hall. That's next. So happy to be joined by Taylor Hall, Hart Trophy winner, 13 points on the season so far with the New Jersey Devils. How's it going, Taylor? I'm good. I'm good. Do you still go to Sunnyside often? Uh, buddy, all the time. That's my jam. She's taking me there. I actually, I've took Soph there before. I actually haven't been there in in a bit, but I do like that spot. Yeah, it's pretty solid. There's not like, uh, there's not too many trendy, healthy breakfast places in Hoboken, so that's pretty solid. It's so true. Like, there's a lot of good brunch spots in New York, but here, like, I've been to the W before, but it's a little too, I don't know. It's not my jam. Have you Instagrammed the wall, Taylor? No, actually, I might have done a, I might have done a boomerang on the wall or something. Actually, oh my, wow! So Taylor Hall uses the boomerang effect. That you learn something new every day. Jackie and I, we knew you, we were going to interview you, so we do this with all our guests. Obviously, do as much digging as we possibly can. Twitter is an amazing place to do that. I just actually had a banana before the show started. Is it actually true? We have to talk about this. Did you really have your first banana in the year of 2015? Because that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, I, I just, I never really liked the uh, the the texture of bananas. I could always have a, a banana milkshake or, a, you know, something with banana in it or banana flavored. But the actual uh, banana was never very tasty to me. And I, I tried... A little bit here and there, but um, as I got older, uh, I figured maybe I should try a whole banana, and I did. And <laughs> Since then, I have not had a, a banana since, so um, I couldn't have liked it very much. So thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs so you down. had one banana your entire life. Wow. But you know what? I can I can appreciate the reasoning. Now that I have heard the logic behind it, I can see because I like the smell of coconut. I like the taste of coconut, but I hate the texture of coconut. Like I can't just eat a piece of coconut. No chance. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like mushrooms. I Oh, gross. But um, <laughs> I'm never going to have mushrooms with my steak. It's just the texture and, and how kind of slimy it is. Um, doesn't sit well with my uh, with my palate, I guess you could say. You guys preach, are Taylor Hall. Preach. I'm no, so. You I guys hate are both mushrooms. weird, man. You no, just... mushrooms are disgusting. <laughs> like mushrooms can take a serious hike. I could just be fine with them never existing. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. With you, off to a good start here. Uh, listen, Taylor, uh, you have been in New Jersey now for only not for that long, a season and a half. Um, I just moved to New Jersey a little over a year ago, so I wanted to ask you just about moving to New Jersey and getting traded to the Devils. It's obviously been well documented, but I think based on the fact that I just moved to a new country, started a new job, kind of changed my whole life, I kind of realized how much a player actually goes through when they get traded to another team. And I don't think people really realize that. And you've been pretty open about how it was difficult at first. What was the hardest part about moving from 
Edmonton, at least during the season, to a place like New Jersey. And it doesn't have to be hockey related. It could be like figuring out where to get your coffee. But what was what was the hardest part? Yeah, um, it was a lot. I mean, uh, I don't think you could uh, you could pick two different places in the NHL. Um, Edmonton is a is a smaller city, and they're they're crazy about hockey. And and in New Jersey here, it's a you know it's a metropolis. Um, there's so many people, and there's so many different things to do. We have a great fan base, but um, there's so many different entertainment options that you know sometimes we might not be the uh, the hottest ticket in town, which is which is fine. Um, you know, I've grown to uh, to really appreciate that, and um, really like the the fact that I can be anonymous sometimes in, in Jersey, but. Uh, I would say the hardest part was um was just honestly the just playing on a new hockey team um getting used to a new a whole new group of guys and a whole new coaching staff and and just you know just even the color red being around you all the time it's, it's a <laughs> bit of a trip when um uh, when you're used to seeing Oilers logos your whole life and and when you're drafted first overall um like I said before you kind of buy into everything and and you become more than just attached to the team you you, you become attached to the city and and everything that goes along with it so yeah but you know in saying that the hardest part was just being on a new team um you know figuring out your identity on on the team that you're playing on and and really what the coaches expect of you and and what your teammates expect of you so that was hard but um you know, two and a half years later, um, it's uh, it it seems like nothing anymore. It seems so normal and and so, um, you know, just really uh, really gotten used to everything pretty quickly. Last year, I think was the turning point for me personally. You know, I think Jackie has a follow up on this, but I just want to say that it's it's definitely refreshing. And her and I were talking about this, how honest you are about that. That you know that you really loved the Oilers and you really. Um, bought into like you said what was being told and 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 your future with the team and obviously the to get the news um out of nowhere and you don't see it coming would be difficult and I think a lot of people try to you know when they tweet or when they put out a statement they're like uh I'm excited for to make new memories and I'm sure you were excited and but you also were admitted that it wasn't the easiest thing in the world to go through and I think that's pretty cool yeah no it it really wasn't um you know it the thing that was hardest for me was that you could see that, you know, Edmonton had Connor and, and a lot of really young, good young players and, you know, they were on the up and coming and, and I was totally bought into that and, and everything that came along with it. Um, you know, I was totally ready to, to hand Connor the, the reins on the team. I mean, he's the best player in the world. And it's not even close. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was different, but at the same time, it's, it's been one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, the fact that I, I've been able to, to come to a team that, uh, you know, definitely appreciates my skill set and, and uh, allows me to have a voice in the locker room. And um, I'm allowed to be myself, which is, uh, which is a great environment. And I feel like a lot of guys feel that here in Jersey. So um, it's been a, an awesome experience. And sometimes the you know the things that happen in your life. You know you might not expect them or want them to happen, but uh, you, you kind of roll with it, and, and sometimes it turns out for the best. 
You know, I love that. And I don't want to get too like sappy or deep here, but like there's a quote I love that's like, you know, some the things that you go through are what grow you. And um, a lot of times the things that we go through that are difficult or, or hard because, you know, you're leaving your friends or you're leaving, um, you know, what's normal to you or what you're comfortable with are the things that allow you to sort of take that ne next level as a person or in your case as a hockey player um, and all of that. So, you know, it's pretty cool. And the great thing about the NHL is that, you know, when you left the Edmonton Oilers, you were looking at a team that had the best player in the world and was, you know, had a lot of talent on that team that was, you know, trending upwards. And you come to New Jersey and over the course of a season and a half, not even two full seasons, the Devils now are a force to be reckoned with um, in the East and are coming off, a, uh, off, off of a very successful season. So um, it's one of the things I love about hockey is that year to year, um, teams can really take a jump and the Devils certainly have your big part of that. What can you tell us about your relationship with John Hines? I know there's been a lot of talk about how he listens to you and you guys have a really good dynamic, but I want to kind of get away from the hockey relationship because I think that story has been told a hundred times, but like off the ice, what is John Hines like? Like does John Hines tell jokes? Is he a funny guy? Like, what is he like? Um, yeah, I'd say that he, he definitely has a really good sense of humor. Um, I think the, the best thing about Heinze as a coach is the fact that he's able to, to separate, um, you know, coach Heinz from, from just John. And, and when you see him uh, maybe in a hotel elevator or um, you walk past him at the arena, it's, it's, he's not, he's not going to walk past you and, and breeze you. Um, he's going to say hello and maybe ask how your kids are doing or, or make a joke. And, and it, it becomes very normal. Um, but when you get him in the meeting or you get him on the bench, it's, it's a totally different guy, which you kind of want. So, um, I think along with, you know, myself, obviously, and, and if a lot of other guys in our team, we've developed a really good relationship with John where, uh, we know what we, what he expects of us on the ice, but at the same time, we're, we're also people and, and he treats us like that off the ice as well. So, um, it's be, it's been a really good experience having him as a coach and, and our relationship has grown a lot over the past couple of years. You mentioned that um, you have a voice in the locker room or more of a voice and I'm sure that has a huge effect on confidence and also how that translates to your game on the ice, which has obviously been uh, fantastic and rewarded in the last season. You know, when you started with Edmonton, you were younger, you have more experience, you're older, so I'm sure having that has something to do with it but can you just talk about to what extent you have a voice in the locker room to what uh, how much are you vocal how much does the team um or do you get to you know talk with your coach about ideas and certain things the way you see them and and your role in that sense yeah um like i i've talked about before heinzy and i we have a really good dialogue on on a lot of things whether it's the you know the meals that we're having after the game or <laughs> the the time that we should practice the the following day after a game or whatever it may be the the stuff that we talk about is is pretty broad and um I think he he does that with a lot of guys that's that's what I said before is that he's a very good listener and and he's not about to to think that he's the smartest guy in the room um all the time he's he's going to listen and and uh and make his uh his choices after that but as far as uh you know leadership and and all that kind of goes uh, I came in Edmonton obviously I was very young and um I think what happens is you just kind of grow into the player and leader that you are. Um, you know, for myself, I'm never going to be a, a very vocal or loud guy, but at the same time, I really enjoy dialogue with my line mates and, and kind of talking, talking our way through the game and, and, uh, 
you know, asking certain guys what they see. Maybe they're on the back end and, and you know, they're playing D and, you know, what do they see on our power play? That kind of thing really um, is something that I enjoy doing. And, um, you know, I think as a teammate, what you have to do is is you just have to find common ground with everyone in the locker room. And, you know, not everyone's going to be the same personality, but if you can find something, um, you know, something to talk with them about or, or just relate to about is, uh, makes the makes the experience a lot more enjoyable, and, and I think I've done a good job of kind of doing that over the past couple of years here in Jersey. If you could go back and like give yourself a piece of advice, maybe back to you, like at the NHL draft when you were taken first overall, like what piece of advice would you give yourself or anyone else that's maybe just entering the league for the first time? Because there's a lot of excitement when you enter the NHL, but there's also a lot of pressure that comes with being a first overall pick. Um, yeah, any advice I would say, um, you know, I wish that I, I enjoyed my first couple of years a bit more. Um, I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself and, um, you know, while that's, that's fine and okay, I think there was enough pressure on me from outside sources. I didn't need to, to put any more on myself, but yeah, I would just say to, to enjoy it more. Um, you know, it's crazy to say that I'm in year nine now. It, it seems like forever ago that I was playing my first couple of years. And, and like I said, I just wish I would uh would have taken a deep breath and and enjoyed the uh the simpler times a little bit more <laughs> but you're having fun now so that's all that matters i love that the simpler times and actually taylor speaking of advice you're gonna be our test on this our guinea start- pig for a new segment <laughs> yeah our guinea pig for a new segment that uh we have on jack and Soph, and we don't even have a name for it it's gonna be something like random words of advice or whatever but we're getting our viewers and our listeners to send in life questions about life love jobs <laughs> and we're just gonna throw them, you're already laughing we're gonna throw them out uh pick the best one and then have you answer in your best way like advice from taylor hall and uh we- yeah <laughs> and we're trying it with all our um all our uh uh callers and stuff so or our guests so i'm gonna pick one this is from miles Hopefully it's not Miles Wood, um, yeah. but he he said that his girlfriend has her birthday like right around Christmas, like just less than a week apart. And so he wanted to know if he should get her two big presents, which present he should put more thought in, and does he have to celebrate both like to the full extent? So what is your advice to him? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I mean, I would say that uh, you definitely have to get two presents. And um, I would celebrate the birthday more than than Christmas. Um, you know, I feel like the the birthday is more personal, and um, you know, you can put a lot more thought into that gift. And then the maybe the Christmas gift is something more generic, or um, maybe something a, a little bit less thoughtful if you if you haven't uh, come up with any good ideas. But that's a tough that's a tough situation. Um, <laughs> I think it it depends on maybe how long you've been dating dating the person but uh i think two gifts is is always the safest way to go it it avoids a fight and uh you know keeps you in the good books yeah and you can't be you can't be arguing around the holidays but what i'm gathering for your response from your response is go more thoughtful for the birthday and then maybe spend more money on the gift for christmas (laughs) exactly exactly yeah oh man you know what i agree with you very much to all the men listening i agree I, I can't I thought that was a very good answer. All right, we're gonna we're gonna let you go. We know you have a flight to catch, but before we do, um, we're gonna do a quick rapid fire. Are you cool with that? Do you have time? Okay, Sounds so good. very cool, very quick. You can just answer these off the cuff. Taylor Hall, have you ever had a real job? 
Yes. What was it? I was a busboy at an Italian restaurant. Oh, shut up. That's, cool. That's amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> I respect you even more now because you've had a real, actual part-time job. Were you good at it? No, I was terrible. I'd always... Uh, <laughs> I'd always drop the knives and forks and put them right back on the table. And <laughs> it bad. You can't. Okay, oh well, let's gosh. just, you know what? Everybody that eats at that restaurant is better for you no longer working there. Okay, what is something that Taylor Hall is not good at? Uh, musical instruments. Fair enough. I tried the clarinet in ninth grade. I was horrible. What is your pet peeve? Um, people being late. Oh, that's a good one. Should always be 15 minutes early. What is the best thing about being famous? I don't even think I would call myself famous, to be honest. You are, though. In the hockey world, you are. Uh, the best thing about being famous, um, I have no idea. Jack, <laughs> yes. do you want to pass? <laughs> do you want to pass? Yeah, I'll pass. Okay, you can pass. We'll, we'll allow it. I um, told Jackie, I said, he's too humble. He's not going to like that question. She and did. Sure I enough, will get... I will Correct. give so full marks. She totally predicted uh, your response to that. Coolest celebrity you've ever gotten to meet or like prof other professional athlete? Um, uh, Jose Bautista. Oh, good. Uh, Joey her. Bats. Nice. All right. Joey Bats, Josh Donaldson. I'm a, I, I'm a big Josh Donaldson fan. Okay. So big on the Blue Jays. Okay. Last question. We ask everybody this question. Which emoji do you use the most when you're texting with your boys, your girlfriend, your family? Like, what is your go-to emoji? I have my phone here right now, so let me take a look and see what. Uh, <laughs> um, I got the I got a couple hearts. Um, I have uh, the flame emoji. Um, Ooh, the flame. The one hundred. Ooh, the one hundred. That's a good one. And then um, I use thumbs up a lot which uh, it might be kind of old man, but uh, I use that a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it's the Don Cherry, so it's, it's a, like no one's going to chirp you for using the thumbs up. If you're Canadian, it's fine, for sure. Well, Frig, I give you, not to sound lame, but two thumbs up for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were so great. No, that did sound lame, but I love you, Soph. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty good. Um, Taylor, a mix of funny and some silly stuff, but some serious questions in there. We really appreciate you being honest and, um, and spending the time with us. So thank you for calling in. All right. Yeah, no worries. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Man, Taylor Hall. Very candid. We got like two very different sides of him, a very serious side, but also a light, playful side. It was good. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And he drops forks and puts them back on tables and he might get That's he hilarious. Might, he might get some tweets about that, I think. Yeah. But uh, I, I love him for being honest. And I never in a million years would have guessed that he was at one point a busboy. What was your first job? Uh, I was. Uh, I worked as an assistant for a photographer, but I was 13. And I wasn't good at assisting. I was like in the basement of a dark room, just organizing photos by file. And there were like spiders and everything. And that's I'm bored in the basement. just listening. Oh, you're bored. <laughs> well, that was my first job. What was yours? Um, I My first job was at Dairy Queen, making oh, blizzards and, and dipping cones into chocolate. So I honestly loved it. I never, true story, no exaggeration did not have a single shift where I did not eat ice cream. So yeah, I was just going to say, shit, you must have taken back some ice cream. Oh, I consumed enough ice cream for a lifetime at that job. Uh, but good times. Now look good. at us.
Now look at us now. <laughs> look at us now. Um, I had fun. This was such a random podcast. Usually we get more into the sports, but hey, we both had some rants to get off our chest. So hopefully, um, you know, it's been a long week. So yeah. I would apologize, but the truth is, I'm not sorry. This podcast is what not it sorry. is. We hope you guys liked it. Thank you for listening uh, to it. Make sure you tweet us, comments, use the hashtag Jack and Soph if you want to send us a life coach question yes, of your own. I was own. just going to say that. We're going to be doing it every single week and the question isn't going to go to us it's going to go to whoever our guest is so send us your personal questions about career life relationships siblings whatever you want we are going to pick the best ones and ask our professional athlete guests and also any other comments questions concerns uh hit us up using the hashtag jack and soph make sure you subscribe give us five stars give us sparkling reviews and if you hated the podcast just don't waste any time (laughs) commenting on it just erase it from your life and go about your business and uh and have a nice day thank you for listening we appreciate it (laughs) okay we're done with our rants i think (laughs) yeah who am i mick foley saying have a nice day anyway see ya bye guys (laughs) 